Your bulletin says Romans chapter 1, but we're going to look at Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. And when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet maybe, perhaps, for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commandeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we can't thank you enough for those who have paid the ultimate price that we might live in so many ways. Lord, for all these names that's flashed before our eyes this morning, I pray for those families who are still probably hurting the loss of loved ones for our freedom. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Help us not to forget. Tomorrow's the day we celebrate. And help us not to forget for those who have paid the ultimate price. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It is ingratitude that prompt an old man to visit an old broken down pier every Friday afternoon on the eastern shore of Florida. Every night at a certain time he would get his bucket and fill it with shrimp and go down and feed the seagulls because he remembered He died in 1973. In October 1942, Captain Eddie Rickenbacker was on a mission on a B-17 to deliver a message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. While over the South Pacific, they lost radio control. They lost radio contact. They ran low on fuel, and so the captain and those aboard decided they would ditch the plane in the sea and hope for the best. And that's what they did. They crashed into the South Pacific. Lost. As they went down, they discovered, they say, hey, get the raft and get it ready. So that the raft became ready, it was four foot wide and nine foot long. I don't know how many was in the crew. But they got on the raft with what sea rations they could get off the plane. And they began to just float and drift. No planes flew over, no ships came by. Eight days into their mission, they ran out of food. And what food was left was damaged by salt water. And every day it was fight for survival for water for the weather, for the waves, and the terribly hot sunshine. And he says in his reading that one evening, one of the men got a portion of God's Word, read the Word, prayed, gave thanks to God, and just settled back for the evening. Captain Douglas 
he says that he pulled his cap down over his head, over his eyes, to shield the sun as it was going down, it was so hot. And he drifted off to sleep. While he was asleep, something touched him on the top of his head. And as he felt it move, he knew that it was a seagull. And he thought, this cannot be because we're thousands of miles away from any land. It can't be. As he peeped out from under his cap, his friends gave him an eye that it was a seagull. And they all in their heart and their mind thought, this is food. In a quick moment, he snatched and grabbed the seagull by the feet, killed it. They eat the flesh from the seagull. They took the entrails from the seagull and used it as bait to catch fish to survive. Many days passed, and finally they were rescued. And that was why that every evening on Friday, he got his bucket of shrimp, walked down as people watched him, gray-haired, stooped over with his bucket of shrimp to feed the seagulls because he remembered one seagull that made an ultimate sacrifice that he could live. That's a true story. Amazing. Tomorrow's Memorial Day, a day to remember those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. And I begin to think about those Sometimes we forget those behind the scenes. <clears throat> I begin to think about mothers who've given birth to children. Many of those mothers have died giving birth to children. They paid an ultimate sacrifice. Can you imagine being a child of a mother who died giving birth to you? She made a choice. Many times the doctor will say it's either you or the child. Many have made ultimate sacrifices. I think of our law enforcement officers who get up every day and put on a uniform and, and put on protective gear in the heat and have to wear that for protection. Who go to scenes when they're called not knowing what awaits them. Many, many years ago, I mean, I'm talking probably 50 years ago, an officer pulled over a person who evidently was a suspect and they knew it. They had spotted him. They put the blue lights on and he pulls over. The officer called for backup. He got out of the car and as he approached this car, the man opened the door. And as he opened the door, he had a sawed-off shotgun planted anchored, mounted in this door. That is, when he opened the door, it automatically went off and killed the officer. Guys, they don't know what they face every day. And what they get paid, it ain't worth it. But they do it. They do it for you, they do it for me, to protect us from those who would cause and bring harm against us. I think of our firefighters 
who arrive on the scene of buildings, houses, whatever, burning. And if there's any word of anybody inside, they don't think twice. They put on the necessary gear and they go in that place to try to save those who could lose their life. It happens. Firefighters. Again, their pay is not worth it. Our first responder boys, and I've been with some of them, and immediately, they don't, they don't even think a second. When a call comes, they go immediately to where the situation is. They've been trained. Thank God for those who, who go. And I think of our military. I may have shared this with you before. In 1966, I got out of high school. And two weeks later, I got my notice to be at Fort Jackson. It wasn't to speak either. <laughs> to be examined for the military. And it was discovered that I had asthma, so I became a four-effer. On that bus that day, there were several of us out of the same class. Two weeks out of high school, we were drafted. Only two of us came back that day to my, to my memory. And the rest were sent abroad. One of my good friends that I camped with, that I played football Sunday afternoon with, that I was an RAs at church with, was sent back in a body bag. I can take it to his grave today. 1967, I went to Greenville Tech. Met an old boy, Thomas Mac Mackin. He and I became best of friends. We went to lunch together. We sat in class together. We just had a lot of fun together. And he'd come visit me sometime after we had gotten out. And he came to visit me one day on a Saturday. He said, I thought I'd come to see you one more time before I go. I said, where are you going? He said, well, I've been drafted. And I'll be at Fort Jackson, he told when. And he said, I guess after that, Vietnam. He left. I never heard from or seen him again. We always wrote each other. His parents lived in Greenville, South Carolina. I tried to contact them and discovered that they had moved to Greenville, Texas. Tried to contact them there. Nothing. And you say, well, maybe he's on the wall in Washington. Don't know. But I look at our Greenville Tech Annual many times and I think about him. Who thought enough of me to come see me before he left. And who more than likely died for my freedom. I think of the Prisoners of war, the POWs, that may never see home again. With families that look every day, hoping they're going to come home. I think of the, the MIAs, the, the, those missing in action. Who people have searched and searched, trying to locate and trying to find. Can you imagine being 
one of those family members sitting back waiting to hear? Yesterday evening was no different. As we waited to hear if Alyssa was going to be all right. I want to tell you this true story. It's amazing to me what God does. Mother Steve Trammell's daughter was here last Sunday evening for worship service, and I, I met her. Yesterday evening, when Josh pulled Alyssa out of the water, their cell phones were dead. There was a young girl standing by, and Jennifer said, Can I use your phone? And she began to call Lynn. Lynn's phone was out. My phone rang. I looked at the number. It was a Georgia number. I said, hello. And all I could hear was screaming and crying. And I first thought, who's pulling the trick on the pastor? I said, hello, I can't understand you. Please settle down where I can understand you. And then the phone went back to Steve's daughter, and she told me what was going on. We rushed around and got to the hospital while Alyssa was still being treated, an x-ray, for, to see if there was water still in her lungs. And this doctor came and said that she should be okay. She would spend the night in the hospital to be watched over. So when I got home, I looked at my phone and I recalled that number back up because I wanted to tell the girl, thank you. I called it several times before I ever got an answer. She answered the phone and I said, hello, I said, I am Kenny Owen. I said, I'm the granddaddy of the little girl that you were there that was about to drown I said, I just want to thank you so much for being at the right place at the right time. She said, well, it didn't look good when they pulled her out. And she said, we were just helpless and we were waiting. And I said, well, I just want to thank you. I said, where do you live? She said, I live in Seneca on Return Church Road. I said, is that right? She said, yeah. I said, well, I'm Kenny Owen. I pastor the First Baptist of Westminster. She said, well, I'm Steve Trammell's daughter. I said, wow. I said, I said, thank you again for being in the right place at the right time. She said, I'll be at church Sunday night. And I talked to Alyssa on the phone this morning. It was a good sound. Hey, granddaddy. I thought, my, how close. We come to losing her. And I think of soldiers who leave their homes, who leave their family, who leave their friends to go to serve. And of course, you know, I pray for Brother Mike and, and all who serve under him. Our first responder crowd, our firefighters that... I mean, all you got to do is dial 911. Somebody will be coming and coming fast. I hear an ambulance. I always try to pray for the driver right quick. 
give him safety. Pray for the one they're going after. Pray for his pain or her pain. And those aboard who will administer medication or whatever they will do. And when they arrive at the hospital, to fall in the right hands to be treated in the right way. I think of this two little two-year-old girl who's waiting surgery. And I prayed a while ago, God, remove that mass. You can do it, God. You can remove it. So, oh, come Wednesday, that they will look there and say, hey, no reason to do surgery. We don't even see a mass. God can do it, y'all. And God has blessed America. And I forget, I want to call the, the country, but I'm afraid I will call it wrong. Some of you may, have, may know it. You may have seen it on TV this week. It really shocks me. It really bothers me that that nation has voted for same-sex marriage. Ireland. Shame. Folks, you may have a chance to vote. I hope to my goodness you vote no. Even if our nation passes it and makes it legal nationwide, I don't have to go along with it. I will not go along with it. And the government cannot make me go along with it. But I also think today of Jesus Christ. Many soldiers left home to go to foreign places they'd never been before with the expectation of coming home, and they didn't. Jesus Christ left heaven's glory to come to this sin-cursed earth, expecting and knowing he would die on a cross for you and me that we might be saved. I beg you today, if you don't know Jesus, today is the day, not tomorrow, not someday next week, but it's today. Jesus said it himself, and if anybody knew when we should be saved, it was Jesus. And he said, today is the day of salvation. Don't put that off. Life is so fragile, we need to handle it with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts right now. Father, thank you for what we have seen today and what we have heard. Lord, only you can fix us. Only you can fix us as individuals. Only you can fix us as a county. Only you can fix us as a state and as a nation. God, I do lift those people up to you right now who have lost loved ones in the line of duty. In the line of duty, the old man would go to the pier and feed seagulls because of one seagull who paid an ultimate price that they could live. Lord, thank you for Jesus who died on that cruel cross that I might live. Father, whoever needs to come to this altar for whatever reason they need to come, I pray that you would send them. I pray that your will be done today. And God, we'll thank you and praise you for we ask it in the greatest name of all names. And that's the name of Jesus. 
Amen.